0: You're listening to G'day World 291. This is Cameron Riley on the Podcast Network. Special edition of the show today where I'm looking at the state of broadband access, speed, and pricing in Australia. Now, you may recall that a few months ago we had Dr. Phil Burgess, Telstra's VP of Communications, on the show, giving us Telstra's perspective on the state of broadband in Australia. And I thought, why not go out to some of the other big broadband ISPs, invite them to come on and give us their perspective? Now, a few of them uh, decided they would like to play, and today on the show we're very excited to have Ben Dunscombe from NetSpace, we've got Ravi Bartia from Primus, and Simon Hackett from Internode sharing their views with us. Coming up in a few moments on
1: Get A World. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. Only the names have been changed to protect the innocent. We have a legacy of freedom and privilege, which has been won by hard struggle, hasn't been given by from above. It's been won, but we have it, and we can use that uh, to help people who are suffering seriously. Uh, if we try... Well, the singularity is a future time which will be profoundly transformative, where the machine intelligence we're creating will be billions of times more powerful than our own biological intelligence.
0: What's next for Robert Scoble? What do you think you're going to be doing three, four years from now?
1: Uh, Well, hopefully uh, we've We'll have a successful launch of Longhorn. I,
0: I want to stick around for my, with Microsoft for at least four more years. Around
2: what I call the because effect
1: rather than the with effect. In other words, I can make more money because of my blog than with Anything my blog.
0: Anything of this magnitude only happens because enormous numbers of people want it to happen and are willing to commit time and energy and money. All So uh, when I was reaching out to these uh, different ISPs, there was a couple of basic questions I wanted to ask them. What do you think of the kind of broadband that Australians have today? Do you think it's up to world standards? And if not, what do you think we need to do to get it up to world standards? So the first person that I chatted to a couple of weeks ago was Ben Dunscombe from Netspace. Now, Netspace is actually uh, my ISP. I've been with them for a couple of years. Uh, I live about 5Ks out of the Melbourne CBD and I can't get ADSL2, which I believe isn't their fault. It's got to do with the exchange. Now, Ben Dunscombe is the Regulatory Affairs Manager at Net space. So Ben, uh, thanks for coming on the show. Do you think that Australia is getting a world-class standard of broadband today?
1: Um, I think Australia has some unique challenges when it comes to uh, broadband infrastructure, just given the uh, what's always been referred to as the tyranny of distance uh, within Australia. So it's far harder to roll out um, the sort of high-speed infrastructure that we're seeing in places like uh, Korea, uh, parts of Scandinavia, and even now in the U.K., uh, to uh, which all have uh you know relatively small geographical areas with high population densities with a, a company a country like Australia which uh, has the exact reverse of that and uh, a fairly small population base and uh, and vast uh, vast distances between them um, so I think that presents some unique uh, issues uh, here however, I think the uh, uh, the, the general level of uh, broadband infrastructure in Australia is uh, certainly improving all the time. We've got ADSL2 now, which is uh, highly prevalent in uh, certainly all the the major metropolitan regions. Uh, We've got high-speed ADSL1, which is available, uh, which is up to 8 megabits, which is available um, to just about all um, uh, exchanges where ADSL is available. Um, So I think things are certainly improving.
0: When you say ADSL2 is available, that still seems to be fairly limited in terms of the number of exchanges and even the people on ADSL2 exchanges we see in the Whirlpool forum, forums that a lot of people are having problems getting it working. I, I've heard it described as a catastrophe. What are you seeing from your end? Is it a small number of people that are having problems with ADSL2, or is it fairly widespread?
1: Look, I think uh, I think places like uh Whirlpool provider uh, a very good uh resource for uh, for, for broadband users. Um, but what you tend to any form like that is people coming forward or having problems looking for either assistance from the uh, providers or from uh, from their fellow uh, fellow users to to try and resolve those problems. So I think you know the skew on it is probably uh slanted towards those people that uh, that are probably having uh, uh having more issues than than not. Um, ADSL2 is now uh, available, as said, through uh, through um, a substantial number of metropolitan exchanges in all of the uh, all of the major cities, and that that uh, level of availability is increasing all the time. So, uh, whilst it's it's probably not at the level that uh, we'd uh, all like to see it at yet, it's uh, it's certainly getting there.
0: I, I just know that I'm 5Ks from the CBD in Melbourne, and the last time I checked, I still can't get ADSL2, which is frustrating.
1: Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I, I actually can't get ADSL2 where I live, and, <laughs> uh, and, 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 uh, and I'm fairly close to the CBD. You know, there are isolated pockets that uh, either are, are at capacity or, um, or, uh, or haven't been rolled out to yet. Um, but as I say, that, that number's changing all the time. Um, I think one of the uh, the issues that we uh, uh, as providers do have to work through is where um, exchanges, certainly in, in dense um, CBD or close to CBD locations, uh, where uh, the exchanges have run out of room, so there's actually not physically room to put any more uh, D-slams in third-party D-slams. Um, as you may or may not be aware, Telstra make available uh, a certain amount of space for third parties, and once that becomes full, it's uh, it's a fairly significant logistical problem to to free up more space to install more more equipment. Um, that's a, that's a challenge that hasn't been overcome yet.
0: So, what does it, what's it going to take for us to overcome some of these problems? You said earlier on that this, uh, the, the size of Australia and the way our population is dispersed makes it more challenging than some smaller geographical countries, but, uh, you know, the majority of our population is actually centralised around the, the capital cities. What's it going to take for us to at least be able to provide a higher level of broadband service to the, you know, the, the major metropolitan areas?
1: Well, the first thing is time. Um, the you know these rollouts uh, involve absolutely astronomical levels of capital funding. Um, so you know, and and that for, for particularly in the in the telco industry, when you when you move away from uh, players like Optus and, uh, and Telstra that have you know significant re- uh, cash resources at their disposal to uh, To uh, other providers, you know these things have to be paid for, and uh, typically, um, as uh, infrastructure is rolled out and revenue is uh, is starting to be earned on uh, on uh, on the deployed infrastructure, it provides funds to to continue the rollout um, so so time is, is certainly going to be the first thing. Uh, the logistical uh, challenges need to be addressed, and, and whether that's uh, whether that 's through um, so i 'll just turn my phone off and, uh, whether that 's through um, renegotiating with Telstra uh, about the use of the Tibo or the third party space or whether that 's looking at more innovative solutions um, that uh, I know a, a number of parties have been looking at, which is hosting these lands outside of the exchanges i i 'm not sure yet that uh, I suspect there'll be a, a mixture of uh, a mixture of both things the government i think what, I think what you're getting at is um, technologies like fibre to the node or fibre to the curb, and so on. Um, and I suspect that's still uh, there's still some way away.
0: There's uh, an analyst from Ovum who just released a report yesterday saying that uh, the government would have to spend about four and a half billion dollars over four to five years to take fibre out to four and a half million homes and that the, the government spends about $4 billion a year on our roads and that they should be thinking of our broadband infrastructure in the same sort of way. Do you agree?
1: Well, I think, uh, I think the broadband infrastructure is a, is a, is a key component in, in all of our lives these days. Um, however, I, I don't think you can, uh, you can realistically, certainly at this stage, compare it to something like transport infrastructure. You know, transport infrastructure is used by just about every Australian or every person living in Australia every day. Um, Broadband hasn't quite reached, uh, reached that point yet. So, <clears throat> uh, whilst uh, increased funding uh, is certainly one way around this, I think fundamentally we have to have a model where the industry um, provides self funding in terms of the needs of, uh, of the users.
0: But we just seem to be so far away from the industry. You said yourself early on, being able to afford the amount of capital that needs to be spent to get all of Australia on broadband. Uh, you know, Personally, I don't feel like putting our broadband fate in the hands of Telstra or Optus is uh, a very safe bet forwards. They, they seem to be in some sort of a stalemate with uh, the C and the federal government at the moment, which could last for quite a long time.
1: Well, I think firstly, it's not Telstra and Optus. You've got, uh, you sort of have Telstra on one side of the fence, and you have, uh, the G9 on the other side of the fence, and that's not Optus. That's, uh, Optus and, you know, as the name, uh, suggests, uh, uh, eight or so other, other players. So, uh, um you know, I, I don't think this is, this is strictly speaking a two-horse race.
0: So, uh, where is the G9 consortium at in terms of being ready to spend money? Aren't, uh, aren't they also locked up in debates with uh, the federal government A triple C over uh, w- w- what conditions they would need to see Telstra being held to before they'll spend money?
1: Well, you know, you, you read, uh, you read the press. We're not part of the G9 consortium, but uh, you read the same, uh, <laughs> the same press. Uh, information that uh, that I do here, um, there, there needs to be clear and decisive moves made by the government in terms of uh, both policy uh, and potentially funding, I think, before either of those proposals uh, get off uh, get off the ground.
0: So, uh, just finishing up, Ben, in terms of broadband as an issue in the upcoming federal election, how how big a role do you think it's going to play? Do you, do you think that most Australians... Are putting this as a central issue or do you think it's being beaten up by the press for
1: some reason no realistically i don't think that this is uh, i think this is still a niche issue in this election
0: so next i popped into the offices of primus in melbourne to have a chat with their ceo ravi bartia now uh, ravi i have uh, known for for about 10 years one of my uh, early jobs at Microsoft was uh, working with Primus and had the opportunity to spend a little bit of time with Ravi back in those days, and he's always been a very strong advocate for competition in the telecommunications sector in Australia, never shy in coming forwards. So I was really looking forward to having a chat and he didn't let me down. Ravi Bhatia, Got any questions before we start? No, but let me tell you ready that get this uh, attachment. Uh, I think I bought that at the Apple store in San Francisco.
2: You don't get it here?
0: You probably can, yeah. yeah. Do they have Apple stores here? I haven't seen yeah. it. There uh, is one on Flinders Street. Uh, yeah, the MyMac store. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They don't let them call them Apple stores anymore. But they don't call them that? No, I think Apple uh, sort of pulled the idea of having stores in this country. I could, yeah. No, I think they're setting up their own stores so the distributors right. or the people who have the license can't do it anymore. Right, right. So we're talking about broadband Ravi. Yes. Uh, I had uh, Phil Burgess on my show uh, a little while ago. We were talking about broadband, and he gave us his perspectives. So now we're trying to get the rest of the industry's perspectives okay. on broadband. Now, yeah. you've always been a very eloquent spokesperson for the uh, non-Telstra part of the industry. Do you think Australians are getting world-class broadband today?
2: Well, you know, what is world-class broadband? I mean, Fast like- and cheap. Fast and cheap.
0: Twenty right. megabits a second for twenty bucks a month.
2: Twenty megabits a second is uh, is certainly available in Australia. It's available in most metro areas today. Metro being. Metro being capital
0: cities and major regional centres. If you if your uh, exchange has been upgraded to DSL two.
2: Well, you know, in Australia, three thousand exchanges have been upgraded to DSL two.
0: Out of how many? Okay.
2: Out of roughly four thousand. Oh really? Yes, that is true. The service hasn't been released and all. Right. And roughly 330 exchanges, uh, cover 85% of Australia's population. Right. Okay. So these exchanges, I mean DSL2 Plus is available in Australia today. It's available at reasonable prices.
0: What are you paying for DSL-2? hundred 2, uh, 80 DSL bucks, two bucks?
2: not really. No, no, you're paying south of 50 bucks, south of 40 Depending
0: bucks. on how much data you want to pull down? Well, exactly. The Australian
2: yeah. model is very different from the North American model. In the North American model, you pay by port speed. In Australia, you pay by usage. Right.
0: But you have flat rate plans. Most of the providers have flat rate plans. Uh,
2: yeah, the flat, what the flat rate plans do is they rate-shape you. Yeah, at the uh, when you when you reach your download limit. So
0: for for people who don't understand what shaping is, can you explain shaping?
2: Yeah, sure. Your download speed slows down to sixty-four kilobits per
0: second after you've hit your monthly limit of downloads. Yeah,
2: or you know what you can do is if if at that point in time you don't wish to be slowed down because you have some urgent stuff to do, you can go on the website of, for example, Primus, or call up Primus and say, guys, I I need more this month. And you can buy more blocks of data.
0: Yeah. So you think that we uh, do have a world class? So these exchanges are upgraded but not turned on. I mean, I'm, I'm in Yarraville, 5Ks from Melbourne, and I can't get DSL2. Uh,
2: you cannot get DSL2. I'm very surprised. Mm. Okay. At least
0: not with my current ISP. Uh,
2: well, then you need to change your ISP. Okay. You see, we need to know where you live. Give us your telephone number okay. and we'll okay. tell you what's we'll available. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a function, really, as you know, right. not only of the exchange itself but how far you are from the exchange. Right. Okay, the distance, because the signal at the end of the day degrades with distance. Yeah. Okay. And generally speaking, you should be able to get the SL to, say around, up to 14, 15,000 feet away from the exchange.
0: So when we see these reports coming out saying that Australia is listed 42nd, I think, in the OECD for broadband, do you think that's uh, fair? Is that an accurate it's representation? It's absolute
2: baloney. Okay. Absolute baloney. What happens is, <coughs> this is most interesting, right? While the Australian metropolitan areas are very well serviced by high-speed broadband and they have a choice of carriers and a choice of rate plans and so on, regional Australia is, is a different story for various factors, right? Uh, the factors are that in certain cases the loop lengths are too long to be, off, to be able to offer DSL service at all.
0: What, what What's that mean in English, right?
2: Really? What it means is that people live too far away from the exchange. Right to be able to get broadband at all, right, right and so on. Uh, you know, I mean, in general, if you look at any society and look at any services, right, the available services and the quality of services is a function of population density. Right. So for example, if you look at health services, if you live, live in South Yara, you have access to Alfred Hospital, which is a kilometer away or something. Yep. Right. But if you live in Gympie, you have a problem. Okay, you have to go a long way to get I grew up
0: not far from Gympie.
2: But no. No.
1: Right.
2: And the same thing applies to education and so on. And the same thing applies to telecommunications. Sure. What it means is that there is not a single solution to problems or telecommunications needs in various parts of the country. So uh, what would be offered or what is offered depends upon uh, the technology used. It depends upon where you live.
0: So you think people living in metropolitan areas of Australia are well serviced, but people living in regional areas, because of their choice of living in regional areas, have a lower quality of service. Unfortunately,
2: people. they have a different quality of service because of technological factors. It is not a, it is not possible to service people living far away from the exchanges in the regional areas. Okay, at uh, for uh, with, with extremely high speeds at prices people can afford. That's mm-hmm. that's a key issue, right? and and what that drives the, the the distance is not the only issue the other issue is the back backbone cost right backbone again is a is largely a monopoly and, and i think that issue is being addressed through various other you know steps taken by the government
0: so by that you're talking about the opel investment yes absolutely yeah so the um the Opel investment is uh, obviously getting a certain amount of press. Telstra is fairly upset about it. Phil Burgess uh, and Telstra are suing, I think, uh, the Australian government or the... Uh, the minister <laughs> or the government. Or, yeah. <clears throat> for the, for is, the, is the mother of all lawsuits
2: he was promising? Is that what he said? Well, he said a long time ago that he's going to have one mother <laughs> oh, of all lawsuits. Really? That's yeah. probably it. Yeah, the only other block who promised, I think bloc, who promised a mother of all wars.
0: What happened to him? He's hanging from the end of a rope. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um, but we don't wish that for Phil, because Phil's, no, no, Phil's, Phil's a nice guy, fabulous guy, very so nice guy, very entertaining fellow. Yes, yes, um, but he mixes things. You yeah. see,
2: he confuses the issue very often. Really? Yeah. What? What? He, when he when he talks about fiber to the node in yeah. in the metropolitan areas, yeah. he cites examples of low speed internet service in the regional areas. Ah.
0: Okay. Right. So
2: he cites that the service, the internet service in Australia sucks. It's it's of a poor quality, right? Mm. He's talking of regional Australia, mm-hmm. and he says to address that we need to have fibre to the node in the metropolitan areas, right? So you can see through that argument if you work in the industry.
0: So FTTN isn't going to help people in the regional areas?
2: Uh, no, not at
0: all. I mean, mm-hmm. the FTTN can't work in the regional areas because right. of loop length. right? Yeah. So let's get back to Opel. What are the government committing now? It's uh, close to two billion. I
2: have no idea. Right. I have no idea. I mean, as a professional, I can only tell you this. That given the topography, right, uh, multiple technologies have to be deployed to service those customers.
0: And what's I'm not other, pro
2: or anti-OPEL.
0: The government's suggesting WiMAX?
2: WiMAX uh, is, is a good technology for flat uh, uh, topography, right, and, uh, and for long distances. Right.
0: So do you think the taxpayers should be forking out the bill for OPEL?
2: Uh, look, I think that's become a political question. I will not go into that area at all. No, no comment. No, no comments. No. It's not like you, Ravi,
0: not to have a comment. I know, on but, you know. I mean, look, this is election time, <laughs> but, and Ryan. you think this is becoming an election issue?
2: It has been uh, made into an election issue, uh, but I don't know if it's really an issue with the people.
0: Yeah, do you think the punters care? Outside punters do not care. No, no, no. no. Telstra's tried, you know, I'll tell you what, are a, they
2: have played the ball beautifully. You think? Yeah, they've created an issue where none existed, <laughs> right? Like in the metropolitan areas. Right. By saying the speeds are bad, they're talking of the regional, and therefore we must have FTT and in the metropolitan areas. Right. They've confused the two issues, confused, the, caused a lot of confusion, Right. Deliberately, uh, you think? Of course. Right. I mean, uh, this is, uh, uh, clearly. Right. Okay. Right. So, uh, where was I? We were talking about uh, election issue. Election issue. Mm. So this became an election issue and they, they almost, from what I hear read in the press, coerced the government into giving them, uh, kind of a blank check by significantly diluting the regulatory regime. And that was the objective. Right. Okay. However, in the last quarter, they fumbled the ball because they became very abusive. They started abusing everyone left, right and center, Mm. got everyone offside. Mm. Right. Mm. And now we know where we are. The government very rightly appointed a commission to look into all this and seek advice from the best brains in the world as to which direction Australia should head from a technology point of view, from a business point of view. And so there's some very eminent people Mm. on this, including the head of the CETA is there. There are a couple of well-known businessmen, a couple of well-known forward regulators whose impartiality is cannot be doubted. However, you see, this issue should not be seen in the context of elections. Mm. Because we would probably end up making wrong decisions by taking a knee-jerk reaction just to win the election. So let's calm down. It is not an election issue. Average punter doesn't care. Let's move on with the future of Australia
0: how important do you think broadband speed uh, and access to broadband is to the future of australia
2: it is critical it is absolutely critical because uh, australia is is now if you take out the resources boom is is a service uh, society a large part of our gdp comes from services and it's a smart nation and it can it can really become uh, what you what you would call a knowledge nation a powerhouse of processing knowledge Right. And for that, broadband is necessary. And is available today. I don't see where the
0: problem is. You've just come back. You, you were in the U.S. for yeah. a, a few years. Uh, you, do you think that uh, our broadband speeds in Australia are the equivalent of what you can get in you know, the Bay Area or the, the East Coast, New York?
2: Excellent question. Excellent question. On average, in the United States, the broadband speeds that are available, reliable broadband speeds, are 5 to 8 megabits per second. And everyone's very happy with that, right? And that is generally on cable, okay? They have they are moving away from DSL. So the good high-speed broadband uh, available in the United States is 5 to 8 megabits per second, offered by MSOs or multi-service operators or really which are the cable companies, okay? And now there is a movement towards fiber-to-home being spawned essentially by Verizon. They have a product called Fios, they are rolling it out to some homes they plan to spend uh, 18 billion dollars over the next uh, several years to offer fiber to home on a wide basis okay so they've moved away from uh, you know DSL and FTT and all that stuff mm-hmm. they say we have a cable mechan- cable transmission available today so does australia mm-hmm. let's use that okay mm-hmm. at 5 to 8 megs mm-hmm. and in australia we're offering ADSL2 plus anyway mm-hmm. which is averaging between 16 and 20 megabits per second
0: mm-hmm. And so you think we're doing very well? I think we're doing
2: very fine in the metro areas. There are some black spots. The black spots are there where there has been a rim deployment, a rim deployment by Telstra in the past. They, they built some of the networks on the cheap, okay, which, allowed, which precluded the, the availability of DSL. Right? And I think they're fixing that. So roughly 15% of metro areas may have problems. With the availability of DSL because of revenue deployment.
0: Okay. But they're fixing that?
2: They're fixing that on, I suppose, as, as demand comes uh, mm-hmm. and on a, on a, on a, you know, on a progressive basis.
0: Now, you're one of the uh, directors and shareholders, I believe, or your company is in FANOC, the people yes, behind yes. the G9 consortium that yeah. we, we've heard a little bit about, but for people who haven't been reading the details, can you explain what G9 is and what G9 is attempting to do and the timeframes around it?
2: Yeah, look, G9 is a, uh, is a consortium of nine broadband companies. It could have easily been G10. Telstra was invited to join, but they chose to stay away. Okay. So the intention of G9, the G9's objective, is to build a broadband network, right, which is an open network, which is available to everyone okay its plans have been launched with a triple c it the c has asked for public comments and uh, once these plans are approved and once you know the expert committee uh, has gone through its own deliberations okay in relation to broadband in australia uh,
0: let's see what happens and i i've i've seen numbers of 3.6 billion that's going to cost to build this out is that right
2: yeah, the number's are around three point six to $4 billion mark, right. yes. And this yes. is just
0: going to be for metro areas, or it's going to be nationwide?
2: No, G9 addresses only metro areas and I think some major regional centers, primarily metro areas.
0: So, so why do we need this new network? If, if the speeds that we've got on the access is good today, you say by international standards, why do we need a new network?
2: Well, there is a threat which exists today to the existing networks, okay, in the sense that people have been made to believe That the quality of broadband in Australia is very poor. It is not true, but that's what the belief seems to be out there. Okay. If you ask people, well, when you use broadband at home, how is it? Well, it runs fine, but the broadband is bad, right? So the perception has been created. Okay. Uh, this, if we are going to move into FTTN, that FTTN network can be built either by G9 or by Telstra. Either one of us can build it, right? The important proviso is that G9 network is an open access network. What does that mean? That means that any carrier, who, it's a wholesale network, Right. any ISP, be it uh, Telstra, Big Pond, or ourselves, or anyone else, mm-hmm. have access to it at identical rates and prices. Right. So anyone can buy those services on a wholesale basis, mm-hmm. whereas... And and the other important thing is that it has to offer right speeds and right, right prices as well. From the reports I have read, okay, Telstra wants to build an FTTN network and offer wholesale prices around $85 for a standard service. Now, that is roughly six times the wholesale price of what exists in the marketplace today. Six times. Why would that they mean, want to do that? Uh, well, you know, I mean, uh, they want to make a lot of money. They want to have a uh, 49-50% return on investment. Whereas generally in the industry, when you have an assured uh, return on your investment, 10-12% to 12% is considered excellent. So they want a lot higher and so on. And, and that's a problem. I mean, you will you Cameron, for example, pay something like 15 to 1800 dollars a year for having the privilege of basic broadband at home? Uh,
0: define basic broadband for me. I mean, you know... Uh,
2: Plus content on top of that, just
0: access <clears throat> that 's my including my data no excluding your data that 's excluding my of forty course. gigs a month yeah, yeah. Uh, no, probably not yeah, no. see there you go, yeah, although I remember the days a decade ago when Telstra was trying to charge about a thousand bucks a month for cable, so. 1800 bucks a year sounds reasonable. <laughs> I remember sitting down with Jerry Moriarty yeah. when Jerry uh, built was the cable network. It? Yeah, when mm. he was the uh, group managing director of the networks division. This is like in 98 when I first started at Microsoft. Right. And I said, Jerry, when are you going to make cable pricing viable for people? Yeah. And he said, when we're forced to.
2: Well, there you go, <laughs> exactly. You know, Jerry actually foresaw the future. Yes, yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's why we need a regulator.
0: So and that's why we need G nine. You think we need to have? Do, do you think we need two FTTN networks in now Australia? No, there's
2: only I uh, I don't think Australia uh, can afford two FTTNs. It's got to be a single FTTN available to all. So if FTTN is built,
0: so who makes the decision on whether it's the Telstra rollout or the G nine rollout? The it's expert the group. No, no, the expert group. The, Helen Noonan's expert group.
2: Uh, it's really not Helen Koonan's expert group. I mean, the expert group is is broadly representative of industry of bureaucracy and of business. But they're
0: reporting to the government, to the ministry?
2: Uh, they are reporting, really, to the head of the CETA. Right, OK. Right. I mean, the civil service in Australia and the Westminster form of government offers continuity between, you know, governments. Right.
0: And so they are going to make a decision based on the submissions as to which they think is the best submission for Australia, and they'll... Exactly. And then exactly. where does the money come from? Where does the three point six to four billion come from? You raise that, you get it from the government, from the taxpayers... No, you raise that as, as any commercial venture. Right, right, right. You're yeah. going to go and raise it in the market and... Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it's very interesting and just, the, you know, the, the final question I wanted to ask you, Ravi, was um, what you think, as the Managing Director and CEO of Primus, Telstra's role is moving forwards. I mean, uh, they're now a private organisation, a publicly listed organisation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Uh, w- you know, they obviously have some fairly strong views about their role and, and any investments they make in the marketplace from this point onwards, how, they should, how those investments should be treated by the ACCC. As one of their competitors uh, in the marketplace, how do you view Telstra today?
2: Well, look, uh, we have been dealing with Telstra for the last 15 years. Uh, we are probably one of their largest customers as well
0: you buy wholesale yes
2: we do yeah. yeah because they have monopoly in certain services so we have to buy from them yeah and we do and i personally think that telstra is an excellent organisation it is a, absolutely a world class organisation it has tremendous amount of intellectual property and knowledge and know how in it okay mm. and telstra will always be a part an iconic part of uh, australian scene okay and that also means since Telstra was created by attacks on people, by high prices for a number of years. They have certain obligations to the community and to their fellow companies, fellow businesses
0: like ourselves. Even today, now that they're a publicly owned organization? are they Sure, I mean
2: they're publicly owned and they're listed and they have a carrier license. When they got that carrier license, they signed up to certain obligations which, were the, which are enshrined in uh, the Trade Practices Act on one hand and communications act in the other and and in their license so they signed up to all of all of all that right okay yeah. that doesn't go away and people who invested in telstra were made well aware of what their obligations are okay and for example telstra is uh, has has what i call a custodial uh, responsibility in relation to the monopoly access facility the local loop mm-hmm. okay the and, stuff
0: that they had invested in before the government sold them off.
2: Uh, well, the government had invested in the stuff Yeah. the